Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Well, another thing I appreciate is a thing called Marvin Adams. I love Marvin Adams. I am so grateful for uh, Tom uh, Grossman, myself, and Marvin Adams. We got to go to dinner tonight. And Tom Grossman has been a part of this ministry kind of behind the scenes since the living room days. We were just about to make the move from the living room into the Livermore house. And in that period of time, I can remember it clearly. Remember Tom bringing his friend over to my house. And it was Marvin. And I was able to, to meet Marvin in my living room. And the three of us sat around and we talked about leadership. And we talked about the house of prayer. And uh, this must have been 2008 or 2007, somewhere in there. Somewhere in that time frame. And I'm just so grateful to now have this decade of history with both of these guys. And, uh, and so tonight we got to go out to dinner, and it was just so fun to just kind of, in my mind, as we're sitting there talking, I'm, I'm counting over the years of just the transitions and the different things that have gone on with each of us in ministry, and just so grateful. Well, one of the things that Marvin uh, carries as just a uh, father in the House of Prayer movement, Marvin has been a, a pioneer like few that I know in the prayer movement. I know a few guys that have planted one or two houses of prayer. I don't know too many that have been a part of the establishment of all the different uh, versions of house of prayer uh, and even the origination of FMA. Marvin had a significant hand in that up at IHOPU and then has gone on to plant other houses of prayer, one with Tom in Chicago back in the day and, and, and then in several other places and other states. And so Marvin now leads a flourishing praying church with a strong prayer culture um, in, uh, in the Indianapolis area. And uh, just I'm so excited to have Marvin once again speak to us tonight. And what I just want to ask you to do is get, you know, normally because I'm not much of a prophetic teacher in, in a, you know, an exhortation sort of a role. That's not really my gift mix. Uh, so normally when we're here and I'm teaching, it's pretty teachy. Well, I just want to encourage you to get your, your heart in a different gear tonight because Marvin is such an exhorter and he, he, uh, he flows in, in gifts that I uh, am grateful for. And, uh, and so tonight as he encourages us, I just, I want you instead of thinking I'm going to walk out of here with Bible lessons, I'm sure Marvin will use the word, but instead of that, I want you to just get your hearts ready, your posture and your spirit just to receive tonight from a spiritual father over this house from one who's ministered here, who's one who's ministered faithfully in the prayer movement for quite some time, for 20 years now. And, uh, and so just kind of get ready to hear a word from, from that angle. So uh, Marvin, why don't you come on up? I want to pray, and I'll hand it off to you. Oh, Lord, I love this guy. I'm so grateful for this man, Lord. I'm so grateful for the history that he has in you, for the years of friendship, the worship leading, all the songs. I mean, the songs that heaven knows that Marvin wrote. The songs of heaven. I'm just so grateful for Marvin as a leader and as a friend. And I ask you tonight, would you please bless my friend? Would you please bless this, this messenger, this one that's been a faithful sower into this house for a decade? Use him tonight. Encourage him. Let him pray. He walks out of here very encouraged. And Lord, you strengthen him and that you give him, God, whatever words that you know would be helpful for us to hear tonight. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, bring it in. Love you. Who does Brad not love, though, in that way? It's like, thank you. Brad is one of the best guys I know as far as uh, his 
heart being so for people. I, I mean, it's funny. He's one of the most exhorting people I know in the planet. So can't help but feel loved around Brad. Guys, it is amazing to be with you. Uh, I got to be at G-Hop this weekend. And two of my just uh, outposts that I get to go to is I'm, I'm really a circuit rider in the body of Christ at this point in my life. Uh, 20 plus years in the worship and prayer and prophetic movements. And I'm really just a father in this moment and coming to encourage and strengthen this house. But I love this house so dearly and I'm so grateful, uh, grateful for who you guys are and just uh, watching what the Lord is doing in this place. And so, uh, man, I am getting some downloads. I'm just praying like I was teasing, uh, on Thursday at G-Hop, man, if the Lord doesn't show up, I'm always doomed when I go places because I, I'm a feeler and I go in and I have to get in the worship, in the environment and uh, just start what I do. I call mining for gold. I just start sifting for gold to see what the Lord has. And he has shown up in this room and all the previous places you guys have been. It's never been a time uh, when he's not wanted to brag on you guys and encourage you. And so I'm just absolutely grateful to be here with you. Grateful to be with my best friend, Tom. It's his birthday weekend. And Tom and I go way back. Tom and his family were on staff with us at um, one of the many houses of prayer, like Brad said, that I planted in Chicago. And so Tom and I have been in the trenches together for years doing the uh, prayer movement. I love it. I just want to actually just wait on the Lord for a moment. One of the things I love is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit and that spirit of prophecy coming, that spirit of encouragement. And so just going to ask for, um, in fact, Daniel, when they were praying over you, uh, I saw wine begin to flow out of your fingers. And so I don't know how many instruments you play or what you do. I just saw uh, there's something that uh, even with the laying on of hands tonight, you're going to see such an increase of the manifest presence of the Lord as you lead in your leadership. But as you, um, you're going to, you already are, but you're going to become even more passionate about creating a culture of connection between heaven and earth, creating an environment where people can meet with God. And, but I mean, this was specifically the wine of the spirit and uh, that where healing is going to flow, people are going to feel, people, it's going to start getting a little wild at times. And so you carry that. And I just think there's a shift coming here into this house um, that he's been speaking to me since I've, I've walked in. There's a shift over this region absolutely all weekend. Since I flew in on Thursday, I could discern there's a, a fresh wind, a new season that the Lord is bringing. But Daniel, I just, I want to bless the ability for you to create, uh, create worship environments where the Holy Spirit can manifest and the Holy Spirit can, um, can touch people. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be fun, but it's going to bring deliverance. I see people getting delivered in this environment. There's going to be such an outbreak of sons and daughters getting set free. So I just bless you, Daniel, in that. Yeah, so amazing. So, Holy Spirit, I ask for an increase in this room. What do you want to do today? You are so delightful. Holy Spirit, you're not weird cousin it. We put in the back room and we only bring out when there's not visitors. You are God. You are God and there is no other. You are God and there is no other. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we delight in your presence. Thank you. It's always good. It's always fresh. It's never boring. It's never dull. I just remove every veil of boredom. Oh, part of what he, just how the Lord moves me, it's, it's to establish connection. Some of you are feeling like just a little frayed, a little weary. And even tonight, uh, as we, Tom and I ministered, there's going to be a repairing of connection in your heart. And I just feel like relational circuits are being turned back on, things that feel dim. He's just turning the lights up in your heart. And um, it's going to be so, so good. So I just pray more, Lord. More, more of your presence here, Lord. More of you, Holy Spirit, in this place. Brad, um, I don't normally get a word specifically for you when I come here because it's I'm always pressing in for the culture of the house and how he wants to encourage the saints here. But, man, I just felt it as soon as I sat down for worship. I felt specifically for you something I've never seen before. And uh, I just saw this. Uh, increase of authority on you. And the, the way it manifested in the vision I was having is uh, I saw it as, as though the Lord was moving you from being a circuit court judge in a region to you got promoted to the Supreme Court. And there was a change of garment on you of such an increase of authority in this, this season that is shifting this new chapter that's starting for DFW, I feel it for DFW, and I felt it for Upper Room, I felt it for the, the ministries in this region that in this, this new page turn, you are, you are going from a regional circuit court judge to a supreme court, and there's a gavel in your hand, and I saw the signet ring, um, Jesus uh, the father handed it to Jesus and Jesus came, you were right over here and Jesus came and kneeled before you. I mean, that freaks me out because he's the God man that he would do that. He humbled himself and he, kne- he kneeled to, it was his approachability and he grabbed your hand, Brad, and he slid that signet ring and he just drew you like we just did like come in. He just drew you in so close and I could see, I, almost felt, this is going to sound weird, I almost felt embarrassed to be seeing something so beautiful and so intimate, but he wants you encouraged. You encourage everyone. He wants you encouraged tonight that we already bragged on you at the restaurant. Your faithfulness, the report of your faithfulness has gone out in the heavenlies and is so moved the heart of God that, um, You've been promoted not just because of your work ethic and your zeal and your wisdom, but your faithfulness has captured the heart of the Father. And what you have done here is nothing short of the miraculous. This is, this room is a sign and a wonder in the earth. And I'm so grateful for you, Brad, and for Amy. And Amy, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this, but I heard, I I didn't see it, but I heard the Lord say, call her Ambassador Amy call her ambassador Amy and that same kind of authority that was resting on you it was resting the cloud was over you guys as a couple I even see it upon your your children but he said call her ambassador Amy and in the same way he approached you and so intimately gave you this fresh authority to govern I think really an intercession but it's it is 
It is a new realm of government I don't quite understand in this region and doors of favor that are going to open up. And I think even the transfer with Daniel, uh, man, I just keep seeing Daniel in the Bible. I know you probably get that every single place you go, but um, the integrity on your life uh, is such a gift to, to you guys. And so, but um, Brad, I just saw the Lord approach Amy. Is Amy's probably with the kiddos. She, yeah, so I just, and you can share this with her. I saw the Lord approach her the same way he gave you that ring of authority. He gave her a ring of keys and he said her, uh, her travail in her prayers in the secret place is going to begin to be broadcast aloud and every key is going to open up things that are specifically going to move TPR so forward. So there's just such an increase of government on your family. I see your kids beginning to operate in realms of authority and visitation from the Lord. Uh, Even translation, I see them getting translated places uh, in their dreams. They're going to come to you and say, Dad, I was in China last night. And it felt like a dream, but I mean, God is going to begin to do things so outside of the box for your family, Brad, because he just wants to lavish you because of your faithfulness and um, because you have created this culture of access to God. And so I am just blessed. I'm blessed and humbled and a little bit in awe to just get a peer in and look and see what the Lord is doing. And guys, one of the ways the prophetic works with me is uh, every place he taught me uh, a number of years ago, every place I go, no matter where it is, if it's Walmart, whatever, uh, he asked me to walk in and ask him what he loves about this place. And so it is so, it was so easy to walk in and sit down and go, okay, Papa, what do you love about this place? He can't stop talking. He can't stop sharing. And it's you guys. I mean, he loves, he loves these walls. He loves these rooms. I heard him say, I love the backstory. I love the prophetic history here. I love all the things that people don't know, the hardships that's that, uh, Psalm 132, the hardships that David endured. He loves this backstory behind you guys being in this room tonight. And of course, we know it's not about nickels and noses. It's not about numbers. It's about impact in the heavenlies. And I feel like your impact radar, I see spikes graphing, or I see uh, graph spikes like just shooting up and uh, spiking in this coming season and the, the, the next coming months for you guys and it's uh a, it's a graph of impact of and I think the impact is going to be global uh it already is but it's going to just you're going to be shocked at the global doors that he opens for you guys for this little bitty company so ambassador Amy she's going to open her prayers are going to open uh many things and then is Castlin still in here Okay, so I'm going to, is this getting recorded? Okay, can get to her. So, Castlin, man, I was uh, just looking at her and just, uh, obviously, she's going to have this amazing child, but he just began to speak to me about this child of promise that she's carrying. And uh, he actually said to me that uh, she's going through a promotion. Even stepping into motherhood is a promotion for her. And I just saw, I saw rooms of her heart opening that have never been opened yet. And um, this is going to be such a beautiful, beautiful uh, positioning for her. 
and uh, she's not going to be able to imagine what this child is going to do for her. But the child is carrying such a powerful prophetic uh, ministry in the days to come. And so I just bless you, Castlin, as you listen to this. And please know you're not going into hiding. You're going into major promotion uh, into motherhood. Motherhood is one of the most powerful uh, roles in the body of Christ. It's such a beautiful thing. So I'm just going to keep flowing here with stuff the Lord uh, spoke to me. Uh, so when you were leading worship, the song about Mary, that I love, I just, uh, is so sensing something about this, this house as a house of Mary. And I just, uh, man, I've been so many times in John chapter 12 about the, uh, you know, Mary breaking the jar, this whole picture, but looking at it, uh, John chapter 12, there's three postures of worship in the same one house. So you have the house of Lazarus and you find in this passage, there's three postures of worship. You have Martha serving, which is one of the words for worship, right? Worship is, I mean, serving is one of the worship words. And then you have Lazarus who is reclining. So he's leaning back. He's like receiving. He's Song of Solomon chapter two. He's eating under the shade of the apple trees, just like with Jesus, his buddy. It's like Tom and I all weekend celebrating his birthday. We're just like under the apple tree eating so much food, by the way. Tex-Mex is the best. So, um, but then you have this young girl, Mary, who gives. She didn't come to just serve and she didn't come just to lean she came to give. And I just feel the applause of heaven over the history of this house. It's way more than tonight, what happened tonight. I feel the cumulative effect from the time you said yes, Brad, you started in your living room up to this very moment in all the lives that it's touched, the yes that you and Amy have had and the many, the multitudes have been in and out and you've been so relational in your ability to let people come and go. And so it's what I call love, love deeply, but hold loosely. Uh, and so, but I'm feeling this cumulative effect that this has been a house that gives, that this is a house that gives worship to the Lord. It is the most beautiful thing and it's part of that applause of heaven it's part of what is being talked about and it says uh one of the disciples judas iscariot uh who was later to betray him objective why did you uh why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor it was worth a year's wages and he didn't say this because he cared about the poor uh but because he was a thief and i just i just feel like there's uh, the mocking religious spirit of entitlement that would love to be an outside voice to point the finger and go, what a waste of all those years. And just the Lord saying, it is not a waste. There's, there's a memorial here. There is a memorial in this place that is being talked about in heaven. And it's such a power. This is such a powerful place. This is a powerful people. And he wants you guys so 
incredibly um, encouraged. And so you not only serve really well and you not only do intimacy really well, I believe the highest form of worship is what we see with Mary of Bethany, where she breaks, she wastes her inheritance. She gives uh, her entire uh, life before the Lord and breaks it at his feet. And that's that is why this rooms like this, this Bethlehem stable is such a lavish picture of worship that doesn't make sense to the religious spirit. They will mock it. They will say you could be out doing evangelism. You could go to the ends of the earth. But this is such a beautiful picture of worship of what you guys are doing and you've done in this uh, cumulative effect over the years of what's happened here. The other thing I just felt like I received for you guys, um, he's had me all weekend since I've been to Dallas and Luke, Luke 3, Luke 4, Luke 5 for some reason. And uh, just sitting here tonight, I was in Luke 3, and he just, uh, I felt like he highlighted verse 15, and he said, now as the people were in expectation. Now as the people were in expectation. And uh, just as I've been sharing this weekend, I feel like DFW uh, is in a seasonal shift. I feel like the prayer, the prayer movement is in a shift or is getting ready to move, uh, go cross over or go through a door or step into another, uh, the next page. Uh, I just feel like there is going to be a growing expectation in this house. I feel like there's just the breath of the Lord that's going to come here. Um, I don't feel it super strong now. I feel like it's going to increase and increase and increase and increase where you're going to all be in one accord together and uh, that wine is going to be flowing in this house and you guys are going to have kisses and tokens and the expectation level is going to grow and grow. It's going to be way more than just being being faithful is so amazing but there's rewards to faithfulness. And I just sense a season of reward coming to this house. Then there's going to be a growing expectation. Like, do you remember this is coming and just uh, the culture is shifting in this place. I just prophesy a culture shift. When you walk into this room, expectancy is going to be more than a, a little embryo. It's going to come to fruition. It's going to come to full birth. You're going to walk in and feel pregnant with expectation. Everyone who walks in, some of the tokens are going to be dramatic healings. I was sharing with Brad, I've had uh, two dramatic healings in my family uh, this week. It's just been a, an amazing week of breakthrough, a season of breakthroughs with healing. I just feel like some of the tokens that will uh, increase the spirit of expectation, holy expectation in this place are, are going to be some healings and deliverances that's happening. I don't know about you guys, but one of the very clear things that's happening in our house and in the prayer movement in uh, is the central Indiana region and the Indianapolis region is prodigals are returning. We've been prophesying it for the last year. The last six months, we are seeing prodigals returning week after week after week. I'm watching it in the prayer movement, Prodigal, prodigals in the prayer movement who uh, got discouraged and quit uh, or, or, you know, or they, their season shifted. I see people coming back into, uh, into the prayer movement, but they're 
have twice the level of joy. They're coming in for the right reasons. There's, they've been through the fire. There's a seasoning um, upon them. But I see prodigals are returning. I'm praying that here. I just feel like there's a return. The Lord said they're going to get a return, like at a return on your investment. Brad, I just feel like there's some uh, young men specifically that you've invested in. I see three specifically over you, and they're actually standing behind you like in secession, but they're, they're so behind you, I can't even see them, but the Lord says they're there, and they're coming up. They're just moving around uh, and coming up into their own season, and it's uh, guys that you've invested in, and the Lord said, Brad, there's going to be a return on your investment that your labor of love, you already know this, but to hear another friend say it, it's never been in vain. Your labor in love, the Lord has seen it. He's counted it. And there's a return on your investment, specifically with some young men who are going to return. And, um, and it doesn't matter how they return or what that looks like, but it's a relational return that is going to blow your socks off. It's going to be so absolutely encouraging uh, to you, especially as your leadership team is shifting and you're building, you're building this uh, a whole nother level and a whole new team. It's going to be a major encouragement. Uh, to you in this season. So there's going to be a growing expectation here. The way I saw that playing out, guys, so he had me skip. I did Luke 4 this morning. He skipped me in here tonight to Luke chapter 5, verse 5. So we got double grace, Luke 5, verse 5, grace upon grace. And he said, tell them, tell TPR this, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. TPR, look at me, look at Papa Marvin, launch out into the deep in this room, launch out into the deep, it's time to go deeper than you ever have, and the Lord is promising you a harvest, he's promising you a harvest, he's asking, the father is asking, would you guys trust me, you may feel like things are weak it feels small we are just faithfully being watchmen who are showing up for our assignment on the wall and the lord is coming one more time you're like lord i've heard this over and over and over i feel such a weight on this word for this house in this season and it has to do with this growing sense of expectation that the lord is going to visit this region he is visiting this region, and he wants to visit this house, I believe, with this new wine, with this fresh wine, with the fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, would you trust me and launch out your nets into the deep one more time? Just do it one more time, guys. One more time. Show up and do it one more time. Trust him for more than just faithfulness. Trust him for more. It's like, of course, we know he's worthy, he's beautiful, he's worth it, but I feel like there's something he wants to be relational with you guys to tell you there is a return on your investment. There is payback. There are things. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek his face. He does reward. He's the good father, and he gives good gifts to the kids that he, he loves. So he's coming as a father and go, oh, please trust me. This is going to be so good. One more time, just launch Launch out into the deep. Throw your nets further and wider and higher and with more urgency and strength than you ever have. Let those things down for a catch and there's going to be a harvest.
And as the Lord spoke that verse to me, for you guys specifically tonight, I saw, I saw, you know, Simon Peter being obedient. I saw you guys, you will be obedient because that's who you are. If this house is anything, it's like a faithful, obedient house. So you absolutely, if the Lord says, cast the net, you're going to do it. But he wants you to do it in a culture of growing expectation that something extraordinary is about to happen in this place. That you're not, you didn't plan. It's not on the calendar upstairs. It's not there. It's not in your journals. I think probably a couple of people have had dreams about what's coming. The move, the visitation, the encouragement for this house. He says, trust me, let down your nets a harvest. When I saw the net being you guys pulling it, it, it took, guys, there, there was such a load in this net. It took all hands on deck to get it up when I was in the spirit watching this happen. I was just a spectator. It took all of you. There's something about a grace coming on team ministry, both men and women together in this place. It's going to take all of you to hoist this. But the treasure you're about ready to receive is going to be phenomenal in this place. And I saw you hoisted up and there were there were so there was so much treasure. I saw Bibles. I saw uh, I saw resources. I saw stacks of cash. Uh, Tom likes that cash, remember? So I saw stacks of cash coming. I saw jewels. I saw crowns. I saw scrolls. I saw documents. Uh, I saw books. I saw, uh, I saw technology that I don't even, I've never seen it before. I don't think it's in existence. I saw technology being hoisted up and it may be just what you pray the things you pray that are not as though they are that's coming into this place but you hoisted up things you should not have been able to and you know if i i love watching uh tom got me started years ago on just bragging on the beauty of god through his creation and looking at the the universe and like pictures of the universe i started like checking out the the depths of the ocean like what lives in the depths of the ocean is so absolutely freaky how creative is god that he would put things down there that should not exist I, and i feel like you guys are going to hoist and pull up things that are very very deep that no one has seen before i can't even believe i'm saying this i'm really i'm not trying to be raw raw and just oh i hope you get a good word and encourage i mean this is the Lord. You guys are going to, through intercession and worship and the move of the spirit, you're going to hoist up things not seen before. And it may be only in this house that you guys understand, but I feel like this room is going to become a display, a trophy, a trophy room of his grace where you're going to display the wonders of what you're pulling up in this season. It's going to be a beautiful season. It's going to be an absolute beautiful thing where he shows up and he shows off in just this incredible way. Uh, Simon answered Jesus and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Everyone, anyone in here ever feel that way? I've toiled, God, I have been in the prayer Tom and I, in between the hours, Tom and I and Brad have done, Jeremy, in the prayer movement, man, absolutely hours and I have so many days I have laid my head down on my pillow God God I have toiled 
and toiled and I have caught nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Like what is to show for this life of hiddenness in the place of prayer? And of course we know it's, there's so much that he shows, but Simon was tired too. He's physically tired. I feel like there's some physical, uh, physical exhaustion and tiredness uh, on your staff and in this room that he just wants to bring the wind of the Holy Spirit and bring us up. That's why the new wine is coming. I mean, when that begins to flow, everything gets easy. <laughs> everything feels so much lighter. Everything's better with wine. Everything's better with that freshness of the move of his spirit. And, but Simon wasn't drinking the new wine. He's like, master, man, I am, I am beat. I am beat down. I've been doing this all night long. Same thing, nothing. But this one word is what I just heard, nevertheless. I just hear this is like a stamp over this house from day one of you guys starting in the living room. Nevertheless. What's so cool about you guys, it doesn't matter if you get the treasure or not. Nevertheless, you're going to keep, you're going to keep casting. You're going to keep showing up and doing intercession and prayer because he is worthy. But what got pulled up in the net because of that? Because he said, nevertheless, I'm going to obey you. Your obedience is about ready to bring up things from the deep that is going to blow your minds. I believe this is a word for the entire region. I believe it, Jeremy, for Upper Room. I believe it for Jihop. I believe it for all these little hidden places that no one even knows about, uh, that the Lord is about ready to visit uh, with some powerful harvest, with some things in the spirit. Uh, One of the other things I just felt for, for you guys, Brad, and for this house I just kept hearing the word outpost um, the word outpost and you know we have the tent of meetings I feel like upper room is like a tent of meeting in this region and it's like glorious and people are gathering but there's also uh, there are outposts in military commands that are strategically placed and man I just feel like the Lord saying, you guys are so strategically placed in DFW. And it's not just about the geography here, but even your backstory of how the Lord gave you this place, how you've labored in this place there. Uh, there is a strategic outpost assignment here. And I just feel the joy of the Lord over your guys' faithfulness to this assignment and that it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. You guys are faithful to be an outpost, to be in and in in uh, assigned to this and to not be moved, to not waver from that. And I asked the Lord, what's, what's the reason for this outpost? Like, what do you love about this place, Lord? Who are these guys? And he said, oh, Marvin. He said, oh, Marvin. They are a voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare. The forerunner spirit is so strong in this place. It goes miles deep. It's much deeper than anyone can ever realize because of the mandate of obedience and faithfulness here. It is like a a pylon that goes a mile deep into the earth. And um, the Lord sees you as a voice crying out in this region. You guys are doing what others cannot do in this hour. And your voice is needed. 
your voice is needed. This, the sound of this room is needed. The intercession is needed. The visitation's needed, but despite all that, you have been a voice strategically placed in this region uh, to prepare the way for the second coming of the Lord. And I am so grateful for you guys. I'm so, do you hear me, saints? I'm so grateful for your labor of love in this region uh, to stick it out. Um, And there are, I promise you, as a good papa, there are paybacks coming that's going to be so fun and worth it. He's Jehovah sneaky. We all know that. He lures us in and he gives us really wonderful things. But um, you, more than that, you are a voice crying out, prepare the way for the Lord. And I love, man, if any. Anything's happened to me in this last uh, four or five years, just my love for the body of Christ has grown so tremendously. We are in the middle, we're in the middle of a revival in, in the Indianapolis region. I mean, a powerful move of God. There are about uh, 40, 50 leaders who are in, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, 40, 50 revival leaders who are in deep covenant with one another, that we are doing life together from every kind of stream you can imagine, but we're, Jesus, we're just passionately pursuing Jesus for our, our region, and um, it's just absolutely encouraging, and one of the things that's happened, the Lord gave me a, uh, a vision Oh my gosh, this was maybe three years ago, shortly after I moved to Indianapolis uh, on assignment there. And uh, I saw the coat of Daniel or uh, Joseph's coat of many colors. And I saw like this garment and uh, it was so, it was like I was there and I was able to touch it. I was able to smell it. I mean, I could feel it. I understood the texture of it. I got pulled into this garment and like understood. I, it's the wildest mystical experience. I like got pulled into this encounter where I understood what this garment was about. Joseph's coat of many colors. And uh, so I came out of this encounter and I began to study uh, Middle Eastern uh, tapestry. And I mean, I went on a rabbit trail. It was like so fun. I began to un, un, like go after garment making during that time, uh, dyeing garments, fabrics, all of that of how it would have been done. And uh, part of what I, the download I received as I would uh, dialogue with the Lord about it, what was so cool about this garment, they most believe it was vertical stripes. And, um, and that because of how how cold it was during the day or during the night and how warm it was in the evenings, all the sweating that happened. They didn't clean garments like we do nowadays, totally different thing. Uh, That in the way that they dyed fabrics, that the colors, the color lines next to one another would have bled together over time and created an entirely new color that wasn't there before. And the Lord told me, this is what I'm doing in revival in this region. I'm causing, you know, and I call Tom and I are like, man, we are like the odd couple for sure. And like, he is my best buddy. I love this guy. But, but we have stood shoulder to shoulder for years now in the prayer movement. And we've done iron sharpen iron. And we have become better together than we are by ourselves. That's a picture of covenant. 
and we have created something that didn't exist before because we've been willing to do the hard work of relationship. We have not forsaken one another. It would have been easier at times. Not really. I'm just like, Tom's such a great guy. It's like hard to think of anything bad at all. But like every relationship, every friendship has struggles and misunderstandings and things. If you stay together, the sweat, the heat of doing the hard work of relationship will create something that will exalt the Lord that was not there before. You hearing me? So I just feel like there's going to be a new level of grace on your relationships to, uh, to see something that should not have showed, shown up. It's going to show up, uh, and it will probably show up through the heat of conflict or the heat of misunderstanding. And if you stick it out, and I'm not talking about being toxic or bad, bad boundaries. I'm talking about like love. This is what love, Heidi Baker love looks like something doing the hard work of relationship, you're going to see a unity and a beauty that you've not seen before. And I tell you, my love for the body, the tribes of the body. That's why we got to hang out at Upper Room yesterday. And just, I have, a, you know, it's one of these places we all love. I just walked in there. I'm like, I am so in love with this place. It's how I feel every time I see you guys. It's like, I make mention of you often in my prayers. I like, I walk in in just every stream. And I tell you, it is time for us to see past our temporal assignments. Those are so important, but to see the bigger picture of what he's doing in the prayer and missions and prophetic movement and to celebrate, to move past toleration into celebration. I believe uh, the more, I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg here with the new wine. I think the more you begin to celebrate rest of the body, the more the new wine is going to flow. And the more the new wine is going to flow, the more you're going to celebrate. It's going to be so easy. You're going to be so drunk in the spirit. You're going to want to celebrate rest of the body. But can you guys, I want to charge you as a papa, will you guys become the loudest voice in this region for blessing the various tribes? And don't make them be you. And if you model that, they're not going to make you be them. You can love one another and bleed and become, you know, let those colors bleed together and become something so much more beautiful than even what the original gift was about. Is this making sense? Okay, Tom, what do you got? Tag. Bam. Let me check. Actually, let me check my notes. Make sure I got. Yeah, that is it. For now, Tom. Okay, I gotta pray though. I just, man, there's such an unction here. Lord, I <laughs> Lord, I just ask you to release new wine in this house. A new season of authority. I pray for courage to Cast into the deep one more time, God. For paybacks just right around the corner. There's a return. There is a return on this family's investment that is beautiful. I just labor for that return. I call in new, a season of new wine flowing, flowing freely in this house 
joy unspeakable and filled with glory. Joy unspeakable, filled with glory. Thank you that they are the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Praise God. How would you like to follow that? <laughs> Thanks, Marvin. Praise God. I told you I should have went first. <laughs> Hey, let's let's look at a scripture verse for a second. Just go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I just felt impressed as as Marvin was sharing that this is an important verse for you in prayer because prayer can become it can become a labor, it can become a work, it can become something that wears us out. Or it could be something that builds us up. And so many in the prayer movement have been burned out and worn out, burned out. And the Lord wants to build you up. He wants you to be built up every time you come to him. So you guys got me? Yeah. Where's the verse? I'm just having fun, Brad. I'm having fun. This is fun. Your name is Tyler? Tyler, I love the way you led worship tonight, brother. I mean, at first I wasn't sure what it was, where you were really going, and I was listening to your, I was listening to you and watching you, and I was just like, I love, I love the place where you took us tonight. Just a beautiful, beautiful experience. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing here. You know, when I first, uh, <laughs> Brad told us to talk about some history in, in prayer. So uh, 20 years ago this month, I was a burnt out. I, 20 years, yesterday was my birthday. So I'm, I'm uh, 64 now. I've been married 42 years, and I have four children, 19 grandchildren. And I mean, there I, I watch the kids in here, and I mean, this is just normal stuff for me, you know, running around screaming and jumping on stuff, breaking it. And uh, But 20 years ago this month, I, was, I had been a Christian for uh, 20 years ago this month, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember how many times, but I had been a Christian for quite a while, but I had been burnt out in the ministry I was coming to church, I was giving money, I was part of a group, but I was really dry inside. I was worn out and I was depressed. And I was telling one of the elders about it. Uh, you might know him, Norm Frederick. I know Brad and Marvin know Norm. And uh, Norm stuck his finger in my chest because I had been whining to him for, for quite a while about how tough life was and how I was burnt out. And, and he stuck his finger in my chest and he said this year I'm going to make you my project and and uh there was a conference it was the first house of prayer conference that that IHOP KC did at uh, was a church called Church of the King on on loop 12 across from the Potter's house uh it's no no longer exists as Church of the King but the place was packed 
with about 400 leaders, uh, pastors, uh, worship leaders, intercessors, musicians, and uh, I was there in the back. I had basically snuck in. I was in the back row by the door. That's how where I was spiritually. And I thought if someone came up to me and said, what are you doing here? I could just say, well, I'm in the wrong place. See you later and duck out. And uh, during the worship time, I had my hands lifted to the Lord. And I looked up in the sky and the ceiling disappeared off the building. And I was looking up in the sky and I was like, wow, there's no ceiling on this building. And I, I looked around the room and I thought, does anybody notice this? I mean, nobody seemed to notice. And I looked back up and I saw, I saw the Lord coming on a white horse. He was coming from the east over downtown Dallas. And he was coming down Highway 30, and the hosts of heaven were behind him. And as he was coming, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing an open vision. I had never had a vision like I'd never had a vision before. And as I saw him coming, the hosts of heaven were behind him. The entire uh, region was there on both sides of Highway 30, like a parade crowd would be. You ever seen a parade, and there's a crowd on both sides of the road and the people I thought I thought I am the most backslidden guy in DFW this these people are all going to be excited and it's going to be a great thing as the Lord comes down but instead they were on their faces and they were weeping wailing and mourning and this was 20 years ago uh January this coming January no 21 years is January and I uh I, I was watching this weeping, and this word went into my heart, and it was like, we are not ready for this. Just like, boom, just hit me like a rocket. And I was suddenly launched into the, this new house of prayer that started. I mean, my prayer life up to that time was, Lord, bless my house, bless my wife, bless my kids, help my sons win a lot of wrestling matches, and uh, bless the pastor and bless the missionaries. And I went from there to being in the house of prayer uh, every time it opened up. Two, five two-hour prayer meetings a week we were doing. Then we were doing seven. Then we were doing ten. And pretty soon the thing had built up to 100 hours of worship and prayer a week. I was going on in this place in Grand Prairie, Texas. And uh, I, was, I became the director of the place. And what happened to me was the Lord opened the heavens, and for a, a long season there, I was, I was in a place of heavenly visitation. And out of all the people, it's just to me, out of all the people in this building, you know, in that January at that conference, all these pastors and leaders and intercessors out of all of them the least person you would expect to be leading prayer meetings was me I was like a wrestling coach and all of a sudden the Lord just just blasted me and just transformed my life in just moments and uh, as we begin to go into these prayer meetings uh, 
crying out to the Lord and, and just singing the the beauty realm verses and the apostolic prayers. And we're, I mean, we would just jam on these, uh, on these verses and just exalt the Lord and the heavens were opened. And I would just see, every day I was seeing open visions. I didn't realize how special that was. I mean, I'd see the room filled with angels at different times. It was just like an amazing time. The Lord was uh, filling that that place, and the Lord was uh, intending to reach the city through this house of prayer. And uh, about a year and a half later, we had another conference at the Church of the King. I'm giving you a little prayer history here. Uh, we were at Church of the King again, the same place, and uh, now I'm leading the conference. It's like a, like a year and a half later. Now I'm leading the conference. Like a year and a half before that, I was at the conference, like not worthy to be in the room. Now I'm leading the conference. It's like I'm the guy. Everybody's, and uh, we were having a time of worship, and I was on the front row just praying right on this chair, you know, with my face down on the chair. And uh, I was taken into this vision. I was taken into heaven, really. And uh, the thrones, the 24 thrones around the throne in the vision, I'm not saying they're really like this, but they were about this far apart. And I remember I was a little overweight, like now I'm slim and trim, you could tell, but I had to, I had to like squeeze in sideways to get between, because I'm like the throne I'm going to get some of this, the throne of God. I'm, I'm getting in there. So I squeezed between these thrones, and as soon as I stepped into the center of the throne, I just fell on my face. And when my forehead hit the pavement, I heard a voice say, there will be 24. And immediately I knew it was houses of prayer because that's all I thought about. I thought about the throne of God, and I thought about the house of prayer. That's what I thought about, like, day and night. Just, And I, I heard this voice say, there will be 24. And so at that time, the house of prayer, IHOPKC, the houses of prayer around the country, weren't really, I mean, it was really tiny. And I said to the Lord, in my mind, I said to the voice, it said, there will be 24, and I said, in in the in the nation, right? I like asked the question, and the voice came back and said, "No, in the Metroplex." And uh, that was it. I was out of the vision. And since that time, there have been multiple expressions. I think Brad and I were so excited back, you know, eight ten years ago. We were counting. We would count anything that said it was a house of prayer or was thinking about it or thought it, thought it was a good idea. If some guy we met said, yeah, I, I mean, that'd be a great idea. We'd count him as a house of prayer. Okay, there were 24 houses of prayer. You know, we were trying to figure out how that worked. But those seeds went into the ground. There was a, a period of time where uh, 
this was about five years into it, after I served with Marvin into Chicago. That's a long story how I got there and back. But uh, Karen Boring, the girl who was running the Grace House of Prayer after I ran it for 10 years, uh, her and I, my wife, my son, uh, another daughter, and a couple other people, we were going to churches all around the Metroplex. We did this for a year. We went to six churches a week on like a route, like we were like we were uh, milkmen or something, like we were delivering milk. And we would we would go into the church, and we would set up a, our worship team. I mean, like lickety split, and we would we would lead an hour of worship for these pastors. And then, then boom, we'd jump in the car and go to the next one. We did two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and two on Thursday. We did it for free. We did it every, you know, I drove my car. I put almost 40,000 miles on my own car doing this, paying for the gas and everything. But we were like, we were like consumed with bringing the presence of God to the churches around the region. And pastor after pastor would, we'd be in these meetings and they would, they would just cry out like, Oh, God, we need this. We need this. My daughter and I were leading a worship set one time, and the pastor fell on, he was on his face crying. And he says, will you guys pray with me to accept Jesus? He was the pastor of a church. We had another lady who was a pastor of a church who was, we got there to, to pray with her that day. It was the first time, and she was telling us she's quitting the ministry. She's like, I'm quitting the minute. There's too many problems. I can't do it. We said, well, can we just, we're here. Can we just do the prayer time with you? So Karen gets on the keyboard and just starts to play and sing. And this woman just starts to weep and weep. And we lay hands on her. We, we cast, we just started casting devils out of her. And the next week we went back to pray with her again. She was like sky high. She was just like, I just had the best week of ministry I've ever had. This is the greatest thing. And I'm telling you what, there was a, we sense this hunger in these churches, but there's a weakness in pastors that they're moved by, you know, the busyness of their schedules. They're moved by their, uh, the pressure of the people. They're moved by trying to grow their ministries. And that, that pressure causes them to leave the place of prayer to where they hardly pray at all there's most churches now rarely have one prayer meeting a week i mean if they have one prayer meeting a week they we we know pastors that have one prayer meeting a week and they call it their their house of prayer which we're proud of them for doing that right brad like they have a prayer meeting every week yeah you know we get all excited for them so it's so rare when you have someone like Brad or like a Marvin who like stick with it and just like this is this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do and they just keep they keep at it. And uh I told Marvin I was talking to Marvin this week and I said, you know, this guy Brad, I've been watching him now for 10 years. I remember meeting him was it 10 11 years ago? And I, I prophesied over him, and I said, in five years, you, you are going to be the, the, the prayer leader for this region. And then the next thing you know, he's doing all kinds of regional things. And, and uh, 
I told Marvin uh, the other day, I said, Brad, this guy Brad is the most faithful man I've ever met. There's nobody that I've ever met is faithful. I mean, the Lord tells him, start a 5 a.m. prayer meeting the next day. And he starts, and he never stops. Think about it. That's like, nobody like that. No, it has never been done before. I'm, I'm going to guarantee you it's never been done before. There's not, nobody in the Bible. I don't believe anybody in the Bible has ever done that. And there's something about the, the, the tracks that you've laid for this generation, Brad, that are, that are paying off. And the reward that you get from prayer, this is where I wanted to start, the reward you get, you guys are one of the outposts, like Marvin said. But there's something, there's something good about being smaller. Because when you're bigger, it's just like busyness, 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 and nobody knows each other, and you're just all running, running over each other. But to be a small, like, special ops team, or to have two or three special ops teams that can do all kinds of creative things, and you could turn on a dime... Like a, like a race boat as opposed to a big land or a big uh, ocean liner. Uh, this is a big advantage to you. And to have a leader who is so faithful and so anointed. And just, Brad, your, your communication skills have grown to just, just like world class. I'm like, how am I going to talk after Brad talks and Marvin talks? It's like, ah, I feel like, you know, I got hit in the head too many times and trying to get the words out, stuck there. But I want to read this, this passage here in Second uh, Corinthians. Because your reward in prayer, your number one reward in prayer is what? What would you say your number one reward is? What is it? I mean, you're doing this, you guys are passionate about this. Your number one reward is God himself. God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your reward. And it's like when we come to pray to get God, you're going to get God every time you come to pray. If you come to pray to fill in a time slot or you come to pray to do it as a duty, you might get God, you might not. If God's, you know, the manifest presence in the room, you're going to get a little bit of God. But if you come, every time you come to pray, to meet with God, you're going to get God every time you pray. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I want to show you how you get God every time you pray. Wouldn't that be a nice little secret to know how to do? This is Tom's secret. Tom's secret for standing 20 years because I don't have, I don't, I'm not like Brad. I'm not faithful. I'm, I'm like, look, I'm looking for the first excuse to bail. Let me, uh, you know what I mean? It's like I'm on my computer, you know, praying. I got my Bible study stuff and then an ad pops up. I'm like, what's that? Must be so, hey, that's cool, you know, you know what I mean? And we've got to really stay focused 
to stay in the place of prayer. So I, I fight that. But when I, when I come looking for God in my prayer time, every time. And so it's right here in 2 Corinthians 3. Verse, uh, I'm, I'm too old to see this fine print here. Day one, okay, verse, uh, it's verse, looks like a 15. Verse 15, okay. He's talking about the veil that was over Moses when he uh, came down the mountain from seeing, from seeing the glory of God. He would put a veil over his face because the glory was so great on him. And so he said, he says to these guys, he said, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. You ever notice how many times you, you're reading your Bible and like nothing's happening? There's a veil covering your heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Isn't that simple? Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So we're going to do this little exercise just for a moment, okay? And here's what I want you to do. You right, right now, hopefully, you're thinking, you're listening to what I've been saying. So you're, at least you're focused on me a little bit. But I want you to just close your eyes, and I want you to purposely turn your heart to look at the face of the Lord. Just turn your heart and look into his face. And it may be all dark. You may not see anything. You may see light. You may, see, you may have a vision. There might be a picture. But turn your heart to him and look him right in the eyes. Look him right in the face. And just, just go, ah. Isn't that good? Just turning your heart to the Lord looking him in the face. Now, if you want to hear his voice, it's like Marvin's talking about hearing God. God said this, God said that. Just ask him. Say, Lord, what do you, how do you feel about me right now? Just ask him and listen. Make sure you're turned to the Lord. Are you listening? How do you feel about me right now, Lord? How many of you are, you feel like you're hearing something from the Lord right now? 
How many of you? Okay, no, hold your hand up. Just look around the room. Okay. If you're not hearing from the Lord, if you're getting all kinds of fuzzy stuff going on, and sometimes you have to stop and say, okay, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to say right now? What's keeping me from hearing your voice? And then listen. And then either do what he's telling you to do or write it down to do later. Okay? Your greatest reward as intercessors is the Lord's presence. The Lord's is gazing on the beauty of the Lord, learning how to do it here in the prayer room. So when trouble hits your life, and it will hit your life, you'll know how to turn to the Lord. See, what's the point of coming here to the prayer room, driving all the way here, making this time in your schedule, coming in, getting down, doing all this, if you're not going to actually touch him and be touched by him? He's inside you. I mean, you could you don't have to come here to do this. You could do it on the way here. Right, Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy, I'll tell you. Okay. Turn your heart to him and look at him. Believe he's there. All right? And then learn how to rest in that place. Learn how to rest in that place. Don't be afraid. We had a massive we had a massive thing in my my family this morning with my wife and a, some business partners. A massive like emergency would could have been blown way out of the water with two two guys she's in business with, and the Lord just we prayed we prayed over the situation, and the Lord just settled everything in just a matter of minutes. Don't be afraid. When you pray, you know, sometimes we are afraid. But actually believe God, here's your prayer. You know. Trust the Lord. The Lord's building his house of prayer here. He's building the house of prayer at Grace House of Prayer. He's building the house of prayer at the upper room. He's building the house of prayer up in McKinney, Texas. He's building the house of prayer in North Dallas. He's building the house of prayer all in places we don't know of. We have a little house of prayer that just meets in my house. We have prayer meetings going on five times a week or so. Where we where we just press into his presence together. There's prayer meetings, little prayer meetings. I thought, at one time I thought, man, the whole city could get saved. I don't really believe that. I believe there's going to be a remnant of his people who are who become brighter and brighter as the day approaches. Because as the times get darker and darker, we will, our light will shine brighter. You hear what I'm saying? You're going to be brighter and brighter. And if you're meeting with the Lord every day, your face is going to shine like the sun. It's going to shine off you. And you're going to have an aroma on your life that people can smell everywhere you go. When you're in a when you're in a restaurant, you don't have to hold hands and pray for the waitress. I, I think that's overdoing it a bit. But just even to ask them their name, to sh look them in the eye, and you know, show them you care about them. Find out what's going on in their life. God's God's raising up an army 
underground that's pretty much unseen it'll never be publicized we don't want we don't want I, we, I don't want my name in the I don't want my name on charisma news Marvin I hope your name is never in the front of charisma news or Mar- Marvin or Brad golly we want our name written in heaven we want our name known by the angels in heaven right we want a history in heaven so when you do something for the lord you don't have to brag about it to everybody keep it a secret and then your father in heaven will reward you right right the lord's building his house of prayer there will be 24 houses of prayer in this region and i tell you honestly I'm so confident in that. I don't I don't do anything anymore to try to make that happen. I'm just like it's going to happen. I know it's absolutely going to happen. I don't have to I don't have to go talk to anybody. I don't have to send anybody a letter. I You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just thank you, Lord. I know it's going to happen. You said it. I believe it. It's going to happen. And this place there will be ref will be like refuge, cities of refuge where believers can come and rest and be secure during times of judgment and times of trouble that come on the earth. Remember when uh, Moses would go to Pharaoh, Moses and his brother, and they'd release a judgment, and the judgment would come on Egypt. And those cities of refuge where the Israelites were protected from the judgment that came. The Lord's going to do the same thing for you because of your faithfulness amen i don't i want to let me just read the rest of this verse i marvin was marvin on fire or what it's like i i hear marvin preach like that you know could you imagine try to get up and overdo and like okay now i'm gonna like top that you hear what i'm saying so forgive me if I didn't try to come up and go, I'm going to top that and try to, you can't top. I'm not going to do that. I'm <laughs> just like, forget about it. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just eating it. I'm eating it up myself. I'm like, yeah, go Marvin, go. You know, so I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to even stand in his shadow right now today because, because he's, he's such a, he is a fireball. I love this guy. So. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their faces, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. What that's saying is when we turn to the Lord and we gaze on him, it's like looking in a mirror. Hear what I'm saying? You know when you look in the mirror in the morning, you know what you look like, right? Well, when you look, when you turn to the Lord, it's like you're looking in a mirror, but instead of seeing yourself, you're seeing him looking at you. Do you hear what I'm saying? You hear what the word's saying to you? When you're looking in, into the Lord's eye, you know, you're looking, you turn to him and you're looking at him. It's like looking in a mirror and he's looking back at you. Like you're the only person in the world. How does he do that? He treats you like you're the only person in the whole world. 
and talks to you about things only you know. Only you know and he knows, right? Ever have that happen? That's because he lives inside you and he knows you really good. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of Brad. I'm just I'm just so grateful you guys are here. I can't imagine what this city would be like without you. Do you see the direction these cities are going? What would it be like if we didn't have intercessors praying? This place would it would just look like an apocalyptic movie or something. Brad, come on up and let me let me escape out of here cuz There you go. Tom, thank you. Marvin, thank you. Yeah. So appreciate appreciate the rich history that both of these guys have in the Lord, in the Word, in teaching, in exhorting people, in the prayer movement, in that there's not too many people you'll ever meet that have spent more time in a prayer room than these guys. And that's just a, it's a profound gift to have you both come and minister tonight. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.